A child's death that has haunted the town of Pekin for the past year. On November 18th, 13-year-old Robert B. was reported as a runaway by his mother. However, we have been in touch with the Illinois State Police and are in the process of entering information of a missing or endangered person advisory. And what happened to Robert B. brought people in Pekin out to search for answers themselves weekend after weekend. Thousands of leads poured into the Pekin Police Department. The search for the teenager coming to a halt on a hot July day when his skeletal remains were found. This is Ashes to Ash, The Disappearance of Robert B. You are currently listening to the audio podcast version that is taken directly from the video docu-series episode. The video version is available to watch on YouTube at Ashes to Ash TV or on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime. We recommend watching the video version if possible, as there are a lot of rich visuals that enhance the episodes. We open with an excerpt from episode 6 in which we talk to Manchin about his theory on what happened to Bonsai. Uh, I guess how did you become, we're just going to call him the preacher right now, just to kind of keep preacher, it, yeah, yeah just yeah. so that we're not, I need to protect. Well, the, um, the preacher has been an ongoing thing since, um, say, I, uh, was, I was five. I believe, and um, we were going back to church, and he had a food pantry there, and uh, he did fish fries, and he took all these other kids fishing, and um, he took me fishing a lot. He, I, for some reason, I was like his favorite for a while, and um, he would tell me stories about other kids that got lost, and you know, and um, we came up missing, and and um, I didn't put it together until uh, he. Uh, he tried to molest me when I was 15. Wow. Uh, would you think in your head, you're pretty much convinced yes. that this is who murdered Bonsai? Yes, I am. And what do you think, and obviously this is speculation because this is just something I've been thinking about, but like, it seems like there was, there hasn't been many missing boys in this particular two towns, like Peoria Pekin since the 70s. So mm. do you think that he just took now a break I, or? I. I do. I do think he, he just took a break. So what made you think that Bonsai was potentially buried behind? It was a couple weeks after he came up missing. Okay. And I went back there and there was a lump in the ground right in the back back there. I seen the reverend. I ran into, I had court and I seen him at the courthouse stand in front of the uh, courtroom where they do DNA testing. Mm-hmm. And he was there, and right after that, I went straight to his house and looked again. Yeah. And he had a, a bunch a wood pile chip that a bunch of wood piles, and he had piled it on top of that spot where I thought it was a grave site. So one of the interesting things that happened while I was talking to Manchin was he sent me a photo of a sock that he said he also found behind this person's property. It stood out to me because the sock had a little emblem on it. 
But because it was kind of uh, what I interpreted as a very interesting looking sock at first, I definitely wanted to know more about it. So I, after he sent it to me while I was still on the phone with him, I immediately forwarded that to Lisa to find out if that sock looked like a sock Bonsai might have owned. And I said, have you ever known Bonsai to have a sock like this? She responded immediately with, where did you find that sock? It looks like my son's sock. Montana Samuels, a reporter we spoke to in the past episodes, officially joins the team as a researcher, and we discuss various elements of the case. So I think one of the interesting things that we sort of uncovered in um, speaking with Manchin and obviously him finding the N1 sock is this world of these very broad theories about the Robert B case where um, sort of because of the silence that was going on with the investigation where no one really knows what's going on, someone like Manchin can find an N1 sock and then relate it back to something that um, he was familiar with and say, hey, well, maybe this happened, so maybe you should look at that. And I feel that just makes an interesting almost thought experiment of like, well, how many options are there really with this case? Yeah, that, I agree. I think it was interesting how we heard so many theories along the way, and some we were able to kind of discount um, pretty much right off the bat. Of course, I try to look into every theory just to make sure I don't feel like there's validity to it. But I think the thing that caught me off guard was the fact that he sent me a picture of a sock and then I just forwarded it on to Lisa. And then all of a sudden Lisa was like, that's my son's sock. Right. Um, so at first, me not recognizing the brand of the sock or what that meant, I, it looked like a very unique sock with a little man on it. You know, later I found out it was a basketball player, but at first I didn't even realize that. I thought it might have been a Sasquatch or something like that. So I think that's what's interesting is that's what actually motivated me to uh, look into it further. Cause I was like, why? Well, that's, that is pretty interesting that there's a sock that's either very similar to Bonsai's or one that Bonsai had that, mansion found when he was doing his own investigation. So I think that's what made me go down the road. So speaking of the sock, um, and one was a really prominent brand in the early 2000s. It, it was something you were probably familiar with if you followed along with basketball or even hip hop to some extent, but now it, it is sold widely at Walmarts across the country. Um, given that Pekin has a Walmart, but it's like such a trafficked place of business, it's sort of hard to narrow down whether or not that was Robert's sock or it was someone else's sock that was found. Yeah, and I think what makes it harder is it was just a photo of the sock. There wasn't an actual sock, nothing we could test DNA on or that we could physically have to check the size of the sock. Um, there was a lot of things that we didn't have. Um, so I think it's interesting because it's what pulled me into talking to Manchin. Uh, and it, that is another interesting thing is that we were talking about is the th other theories that have come up and then also people taking something that might have happened in their own past and trying to draw a linkage on that. So I, I really think that um, a very hard story on his behalf and I really thought it was amazing that he came forward and, and gave us his theory but I really just don't know if that theory holds much water I think after kind of looking that over um, not only because of the sock but also because of that massive timeline um, obviously there were quite a few missing boys uh, in the 60s and 70s um, but then you don't have that really occur much until bonsai so what in that span you know it, it's kind of not impossible because crazy things have happened, but it is kind of hard to believe that someone would have been 
um, victimizing people for that long of a period uh, and have gotten away with it. Right. So I kind of feel like, and to the age now of the person would be um, much older, which is not impossible. You could still hurt someone even at an older age. I'm not suggesting that, but it just seems, it seems like kind of a, um, a hard theory to sink my teeth into. I don't feel like I ever was able to get traction with it. And I did look into quite a few of the angles on it, but I really think, I, I feel like we can put that theory to bed or at least to the side for now and kind of, you know, we can relook into it if we feel like something else comes up. But I think with the information that we know now, um, that it's probably uh, not uh, a, a good lead for us to keep chasing down. Yeah, I think at, at this point, it's something where it's an interesting look into what people will do when they don't have information towards something they're interested in. But in terms of what we're doing here, I'm not sure that it's, a, like you said, I'm not sure it's a road we should continue down. Yeah. I talked to Lisa, Bonsai's mother, over the course of a few different interviews. Somebody's got to know something. Yeah. They're just not saying anything. Absolutely. That's what we hope is maybe bring someone forward or someone sees it and, and will share something or a piece of information or evidence or something that can help us, you know, get justice for Bonsai. Yeah, because I even told him about an ex-boyfriend of mine that broke into my house. Yeah. Um, we were walking back and we watched this, we watched my ex go out Bonday's bedroom window, run down the alley towards the railroad tracks. Yeah. Called the police and I told them that my ex was just in my house and I seen him go down the alley. Mm-hmm. They went into the house. They didn't do no fingerprints. Didn't do no police report. Wow. They told me, well, if he comes back, just let us know. You know, before Bonsai went missing, my ex was outside my bedroom window. Me and Bonsai is laying in bed, and he goes, I told you you could run, but you couldn't hide. I'd find you wherever you went. And Bonsai is yelling through the window, leave my mommy alone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he, it freaked him out. Yeah, I mean, that would terrify me as an adult, so I can only imagine as Especially a... when you do call the police and says that somebody broke into your house. And they come and they don't do a police report. Mm -hmm. They don't just for fingerprints. They said, oh, if he comes back, just let us know. Yeah. I'm like, really? You're not going to? He was in my house. Yeah, absolutely. And the police not doing nothing. It was, they didn't do their jobs. Yeah, you didn't feel like you were getting any help. No. Was it true that your back door was bolted uh, to the floor so it couldn't even open? Oh, okay. I had Because that was the door when my ex broke into my house. That's Mm -hmm. the door he came in through. Oh, okay. And he went out Bondi's bedroom window. So I had Keith uh, bolted shut Mm -hmm. so no one could get in my door. I even had locks put on the windows, and I'd lock the windows and everything to try and keep myself and Bondi safe. Mm -hmm. Because one night he stayed with my cousin over in Creve Corps when she lived in Creve Corps. And I pull up behind my house to park and this car full of guys pulled up right beside my car door. And they wouldn't let me out of my car. Oh, that's frightening. So I'm on the phone with my cousin. I said, they won't let me out of my car. She goes, who are they? I said, 
I don't know. I said, but they won't let me out of my car. Yeah. I had the doors locked. I couldn't get out because they were, my door was here and they were like here. They pulled up right next to my car. Do you ever figure out what they were doing? They sat there. Matter of fact, they were sitting down the alley watching for me to pull up. So when I pulled up, mm -hmm. they pulled up right beside me. Yeah. Wow. And you have, do you have no idea to this day who it was? I still don't know who it was. But it... It freaked me out. Yeah, I could see that. That would be very scary for me as well. I hurried up and I told I rolled down the window a little bit and I told him, I said, I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave. And as soon as I said I was going to call the cops, they took off. Wow. And I hurried up and ran in the house. Yeah. It was like 2.30 in the morning. Oh. I was just getting home at like 2.30 in the morning, leaving my cousin's house, and all of a sudden there's people. It was just a car full of guys, all guys. Yeah. Do you think it was just random, or do you think it was somebody for some reason targeting you? Probably somebody targeting me. Why do you think that someone would target you? Because right before that, like a week before that, my ex showed up at my cousin's house mm. and asked, where can I find Lisa? Well, she didn't recognize him because it's been years since she's seen him. She goes, some guy come here looking for you. I gave him your address. And I showed her a picture. I said, was this him? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's him. I gave him your address. I looked at it. I said, oh, my God. I, I know you just didn't do that. She's like, why? I said, Christine, that's Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Do you, you didn't see him in the car that day, though, did you? It was dark. Oh, okay. So you really couldn't make out the faces of the people in the car. Interesting. Just the driver. He was a guy probably in his middle 20s, late 20s, he wasn't very old. Yeah. And to be stalking somebody, it's freaky. Like, really freaky. That's crazy, and the cops just let it be. I even had an order of protection against him when he was outside my house. Mm -hmm. When my house got broke into, the only thing that was stolen was my order of protection against him and a pair of my underwear. It was the only thing that got stolen out of my whole house. Yeah, so you're thinking it might have been him. Yeah. yeah. Why else would someone want to steal my order of protection? And they just, they wouldn't even follow up on that one. Did you have a lot of interaction with the cops with things like that throughout your time? Oh, yeah. Because one of Banzai's friends that he hung out with, uh, he was at the park with Bonsai and Jessa. And I showed him a picture, didn't tell him who the guy was, I just sent him a picture of my stalker ex. And I said, have you seen this guy? And he goes, well, yeah, he goes, before Bonsai went missing when we were up at the park, he sat in a truck and he watched us play basketball for like 45 minutes. And I went, he did what? Right. He goes, yeah, he goes, he was sitting in a truck watching us play basketball. And he goes, he did that on two different occasions. Oh, creepy. Yeah. He showed up at my mom's house one time looking for me, and my stepdad chased him down the street. Mm. And he's like, well, if you guys won't help me, he goes, I'll still find her. That's really scary. I know someone's out there that... Has, decades have been, or a little over a decade, been pursuing. He's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, literally crazy. Do you think he ever would have done anything to 
her bonsai? Well, the same day Bonsai went missing, he got arrested in Pekin for impersonating a police officer. Oh, okay. Same day. Interesting. And do you know around what time he got arrested, or you don't know? It was that afternoon. Oh. And but Bonsai probably would have never like got because he was scared of him, right? He probably would never have gotten a car with him or something. Oh no. No. But if it was a police officer, if it was somebody dressed as a police officer, he would go. Do you think that that could have been what happened to him? I don't know. Yeah. I wish I did. Absolutely. My ex got arrested twice for impersonating a police officer. He was in a, dressed up as a police yeah. officer, had the lights on a car and everything like oh a police Oh my God. And he got arrested twice for it. He got arrested in Pekin for impersonating a police officer on the same day that Bonsai went missing. Do you, do you think that he could have had anything to do with it? Or I guess he if he got arrested that day, maybe not. He, he still stalks me. Also from episode six, we spoke to Brooke about the blue house she came across in her searching. This window, this first window right here on this side, yeah. when you looked in that window, there was a twin bed and a book bag and an open notebook folder. But he couldn't get in there. Yeah. And you you had thought that that might have been Bonsai. Where he was staying or yeah. to begin with. There was just, the room was just a disarray. And I had said something to the cops about that when they got there. And they said, they basically just brushed it off. There's no way nobody could get in this house. It, the doors are locked. Mm-hmm. The stuff hadn't been there that long. Yeah. There was no way. And this was just in December. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, a month, maybe less than a month. So I got some really good news. Uh, I got to talk to the people who own the Blue House or whose family owns the Blue House. And it, this pretty much, this might be like the most tied knot we have in terms of the theories, right? Because from what you've been told, this one's like completely, no, that's just our stuff, right? Yeah, no, they were very much like, well, that's our home. Uh, we recognize the stuff in there. It, down to the notebooks um, was one of their family members and they were really specific that that was their notebook and that it wasn't anything weird or it, they, the house it sounded like had been used for kind of storage purposes. So, I mean, obviously I'm not saying there's no world where Bonsai couldn't have gotten in there. I'm not suggesting that but it really it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to really be tied into this case so although it is very strange with so many things in this case that we're talking um, not far maybe a minute walk from where bonsai was found so again you have this kind of mysterious house that is very close to where his body was found um, and I do feel, I feel really good. The family was very forthcoming and they were super nice, um, which was great because we did showcase their house on, on the show. So the fact that they weren't upset by that and instead were just like, hey, we want to clear that up that that is our house and those things are ours and they, there's nothing mysterious about it. And so I thought that was really brave of them to be willing to call me to clear that up. And now I don't have to keep looking down that lead because if, if they hadn't called, I would have still been curious about that. That would have been something I wouldn't have been able to let go of until I actually spoke to someone. So it, it was cool too, because they actually reached out to me. So as I was trying to get the information to reach out to them, they, they took that step and reached out to me. So uh, I felt very, I felt like they were being very honest. Um, it 
checked out uh, as far as the records on who owned the house and you know they say it's their stuff so I, I do I do believe that and I do think for now again it's like one of those things that we can kind of set to the side and put away for now unless something else came forward but I think that's kind of a closed lead at this point yeah here is an excerpt from episode seven in which we talked to one of the people involved in the search for Bonsai and what they knew of the conversation between a different searcher and Lisa B. So I called her and I said, you know, talk to her about this and just take what she says and feed into it and just get her to talk and see what she'll say. Okay. Shortly after that conversation, called me back. And she was hysterical. Okay. And told me he was cut up, put into a tote that the Christmas decorations came out of. Mm-hmm. And he was thrown off the 474 bridge. Wow, okay. I immediately took that, and I, did, I can't remember the kid's name anymore from Trucks. Um, but if you call him, I called him. This was, I want to say, in the middle of the week when this happened. Okay. We set up to get the boats up here. I was getting my boat up here, and we were going to search that stretch of the river. Okay. Because we had had a flood. And if I remember right, a lot had been flooded before that. Okay. When they were trying to do the searching. And... Uh, Trucks went out, they got there a day earlier than what we talked about, and boom, they found this stuff right there. Uh, and, it, and it was exactly what said it was going to be. Yeah. He was put inside of a tote and thrown off the bridge. Really one of the, the, the theories that has plagued this entire case and it really got my interest up was the items found under the 474 bridge. Right, and I think the, the thing I found so interesting about this particular theory is there were many offshoots of theories that just stemmed from what was found under the bridge. Yeah, absolutely. And Trucks for Kids went and investigated and found similar items to what was said were thrown over the bridge under the bridge. So I can completely understand why everybody immediately was like, this absolutely has something to do with the case. Because what are the chances that tip comes in and you find very similar items? Right. And so, and if I remember correctly, there were a number of items in some of those. One of the theories that sort of caught our attention was what they even what like people trying to identify what items these even are right yeah oh yeah that, that's interesting because not only were there was some clothing um what appears to be a balaclava uh a sock um there was some really interesting things like that found duct tape um but then there was also bones found and the every by every account they are bones it's not a fake bone it's nothing like that it is a bone so i think that's what Wow. I mean, when they found that, I can understand why everyone made a perfect link that that must be connected. Because how, what are the chances that that tip comes in, those things are found, and then plus you find bones, and they're looking for a body. Right. And then, uh, if I remember correctly, the theory about these bones is there are some camps of people that believe they could be human bones, and then there are other people that believe these are just sort of bones that are more related to the area that it was found, like an animal or some sort of fish maybe, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. And one of the searchers even says uh, that the one of the Bartonville cops said it was 
fish bones, talking about the teeth, which I, I thought was interesting because I did, I spent a lot of time looking up fish teeth and bones and stuff like that. And granted, that was just doing my own investigative work. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not an animal expert by any means, but I wasn't really able to find any animal that those bones closely replicated. Um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the, and there are a couple fish that do have rather human-looking teeth, um, but, but those teeth often look more like the molars, not these front teeth. And what I feel like you see in the picture is, is more indicative of what a human's front teeth look like. I felt pretty good that they probably aren't fish bones, but again, um, I don't know what that means. Could they be something else then? I, I don't know. Right. And so what do you think, uh, just given where we're at right now, how do you think what was found under the 474 bridge relates to other things that you found in the case? Like, where does this put us in terms of knowing more about what happened? Um, this is one of those clues that I, I am a little bit mystified by, um, because I often you know, if you hear hoofbeats, don't think zebra, think horse. I always try to think of the most obvious thing rather than the most crazy thing. Um, but in this case, it does seem like it might be this crazy outlier. The shirt that Bonsai went missing in um, did have some similar coloring to the shirt that was found. I had messaged Lisa about it and she did say she couldn't confirm if that was or was not his shirt. So that I don't feel like we could have a definitive answer on she felt that I, I feel like she was saying if she was like 50 percent sure it was his shirt so that's not i don't feel like something i could really grab pull my teeth into um, the other items like the pillowcase and the uh, balaclava and the sock and the duct tape were kind of unrecognizable items we did go down and search under the 474 bridge um, and other bridges in in the area between Peoria and Pekin, just to kind of see what it was like under the bridges. I always like to kind of get a feel for, you know, what, what things are under there. And the crazy thing is, is we found a big blue tote while we were just looking around. Um, and we also found clothing. We found um, an entire skeleton of a, a large bird of prey. Um, that's all kind of, you, you would think a unique thing to find, but really it seems kind of commonplace under those bridges to find random items like that. So once I started seeing that, I was like, well, maybe these were more random and they didn't, they weren't as connected as we think they are. And maybe it was just disposed of items that when you go under those bridges, you can find quite a bit of trash and other things. So could that ha have been all it was? Right. Um, and I, I think one of the most interesting things is the vertebrae that was found. I talked to a, couple, a handful of doctors and forensic specialists, and none of them believe it was none of them believed it was a human vertebrae. And then just doing my own research, I was I really had a difficult time because it kind of has these two points that come out on the side. I was find, having a difficult time finding a human vertebrae that looked like that. So I, I really don't believe it's a human vertebrae, which then of course throws the teeth into question. If that's not a human vertebrae, then if this is a human jawbone, is it bonsai's or is it even human? Um, a lot of the people we talked to had a hard time just because we only have photos. And those photos don't even have you know, measurement implements in them, so they couldn't even tell how big things were, how small things were, and a lot of them were unwilling to speculate, which I completely understand. So we really had to kind of do a lot of our own legwork here. Um, to try to deduce what, what those items are actually and if they're poignant to the case. But I, what I haven't told you yet is I know that's not Bonsai's bones now, for sure. Okay. Um, well, I know that's not his job. Obviously, if, if there is a, 
a weird human vertebrae, that's a different story. But I can't, I, I feel like the vertebrae is definitely not human. So let's just pretend for a moment that the jaw is human. Okay. I know it's not bonsai's. Okay, well that makes me think that obviously you know where bonsai's jaw is. <laughs> yes, yes. So I did start doing some digging to try to find out what bones were found with his body because obviously that is going to eliminate this immediately if his bones are all there. Like if all of his jaw is there or most of his jaw is there and this piece couldn't be beside, uh, uh, you know, just lost on its own. Mm -hmm. I think that's really telling. So um, I actually got the medical examiner's report. Okay. Um, which was, which was kind of cool. Um, I had somebody help me out who had it and was able to um, snap some pictures of it and send it to me. So maybe I'll take a, I'll look up the yeah. things and, and read that to you. So it's bag labeled 21. Within this bag is an intact mandible with the full fine erupted wisdom teeth. There is a complex hanging left pre-incision restorations. Additional premolar shows absent filling. The mandible, the skull is a match. The mandible itself, and then it goes into how big it is. So I think this tells us that, that if that is a jawbone that was found under the 474 bridge, I think we can pretty much get to the point where it's not uh, it's not bonsais. I think that's right. And it identifies multiple teeth, it seems like. So yeah. definitely the teeth then seem to me that that's off the board as kind of 474 bridge would be his teeth. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that is, um, I think that's interesting. And I think now that we have the medical examiner's report, I think we can pick out each one of those pieces of evidence and see if it fits um, with any theories that we have, um, especially moving forward. And a final statement from Stephanie, Bonsai's sister. Just a lot of, just a lot of stuff just, just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. This is just all, they have the evidence. The answers are there. The key players are there. It's yeah. even been said. It's been said to me by uppers. They need to do their damn job. get this done yeah it's been long enough it's been long enough people think they've gotten away with murder the disappearance of robert b was created produced and directed by ash patino the production team is also made up of cole ellers montana samuels and michael howard Ashes to Ash is a video docuseries and audio podcast. Video versions will be released every other week, and the audio podcast versions will be released every other alternating week. You can follow these episodes and get more information at facebook.com slash ashes to ash true crime. Please contact us on Facebook or at ashland57 at gmail.com if you have any information on the case. You can remain anonymous. If you know of anything illegal with the case, please contact your local police department. <laughs> <laughs>